I'm Podcasting time. Ooh. Have you have you used Ooh. that for uh, Cape Crisis? No. All right, so good. So you can't use it now. Yeah, no, you, can't. you took mm-hmm. it. You got to it first. But mm-hmm. it's fitting for this episode of the Cheap Popcast. Mm-hmm. Cheap Popcast episode eleven. I am your host, Dave Rudden. Rave Dudden. With me, Henry Gilbert. H e n e r e y g on Twitter. You may know me. <laughs> uh, Chris can do Antista. Yeah, Cantista on Twitter. C M Tista. Uh, C-M-T-Sta. I like it. Yeah. Just replace that letter in your uh, Twitter name. I like Why it. not? Uh, Chris Batista. <laughs> Soon to be seen in uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. So we're fresh off uh, watching WWE Payback. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm doing a breach of uh, cheap podcast etiquette by addressing the pay-per-view first. But I figure we're, we're posting somewhat close to the end of this pay-per-view. And it mm-hmm. was a really good pay-per-view. Yeah, I was surprised because uh, I told you when we started watching it that it felt like uh, an old WCW pay-per-view in yep. that they didn't seem to know what they were doing until like uh, the Raw, the Monday before the show. Yeah, and I mean, it's the first payback pay-per-view. It's the first time they've used this name. And the so WWE... You're saying that like they, they didn't... These story, these things weren't... These events weren't set in motion until before Monday. Well, no, they were. Like, there were some matches that were set, like, two or three weeks ahead of time. Mm-hmm. Some of that are, like, that's the way that WWE works. Like, there'll yeah. be one match that's set the very next night, and then there'll be one, like, the next week, and then one or two the next week, and uh. then one or two the week after that. But just by nature of this being a new pay-per-view concept, there wasn't, like, nobody well, knew how this pay-per-view was going to work. There was no central concept to yeah. it. I mean, Other I than just, that, I, it was, I guess, a lot of the stuff were, like, Rematches. I thought I assumed it would be stuff. yeah, like popular matchups. Yeah, but, but I, with nothing really on the line. But then a bunch of people lost titles, so yeah. a lot of title changes that mm-hmm. night. Yeah. yeah, but like yeah, like almost every other WWE pay per view that occurs during the calendar year has something. So mm-hmm. there's like, you know, one month is Royal Rumble, one month mm-hmm. is Money in the Bank, one month is every it TLC. Is, yeah, TLC. Extreme rules. Yeah, extreme rules. Like that's like the pay per view where every match is a no disqualification, like weird stipulation match. This had no like there was no set like theme throughout the night, but it surprisingly worked, and I think a large part of it was because of the crowd. And yeah, let's just go through the card somewhat quickly. So the first match that we saw was the triple threat for the Intercontinental title. Yeah, I hate to see the IC belt opening the show. That's more than it got in recent pay per views. Yeah, like it was, it the, was not the free show. Yeah, it was the free show for uh, WrestleMania mm-hmm. that I missed because I went to go buy a t shirt. <laughs> and then it wasn't even at the next pay per view. And they treat the Intercontinental Champion like a glorified jobber. Like, They'll lose to yeah, everybody in like non title matches. Wade Barrett, as long as he's been the Intercontinental. Intercontinental champion. He's lost matches that were just 
he would either lose a match against a contender that would prove the contender was ready to challenge for the title, uh-huh. which is already like, well, why didn't he? Why win should it we then care? Yeah. Or why should we care that he uh, like? It feels like a foregone conclusion, you know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's uh, and then him and Miz had been just passing the belt back and forth. Yep. It didn't really seem to matter that much. Uh, so then putting Curtis Axel into it made it a little more interesting. Yeah. I mean, Curtis Axel has not been so hot since his debut. He debuted the night after the last WWE pay-per-view as, well, he re-debuted. He used to be mm-hmm. Michael McGillicuddy, the guy and, with the worst name ever. And now he's... <laughs> yeah, the least real name ever. Yeah. So From Vaudeville, Michael up, McGillicuddy. I remember we were at, uh, at one of the SummerSlam, uh, it was two SummerSlam events ago, <laughs> Where Randy Orton was the cover athlete yeah. of uh, WWE 12, yeah. and he like totally went off script and was like, "By the way, I think it's wrong. Michael McGillicut he doesn't go by Kurt Henning or yeah. Axel Henning or whatever, don't you?" Anyway, I like the idea of him being repackaged yeah. and tying him to uh, Heyman is nice too because Heyman yeah. can. Uh, it elevates him some, but he gets to be the the lower tier guy on Heyman's on Heyman's roster. Yeah, so he like he's been in a weird place since he like was repackaged. Like, cool name, and I like his new theme song, which is like it's almost like a remix of Mr. Perfect's theme. Uh-huh. But like his matches have just been kind of dull because he beat uh, Triple H once because mm. Triple H was too got concussed. a concussion. Yeah, yeah. yeah. storyline. Yeah, and then he got one. and then he got a countout victory against. Cena, so it's like it's it's been these weird matches that haven't been conclusive victories for him. Mm-hmm. And even this wasn't, but I liked how it ended because it was yeah it was it was Miz getting the figure four on Barrett and then mm-hmm. Curtis Axel getting like the yeah like the Heyman like advantage. What I hate about the of Miz's figure four is that it's used as a submission by a good guy, and like yeah. the figure four is not a submission move. The the the. Uh, the master of the figure four mm-hmm. is Ric Flair, and no one taps to it. Mm-hmm. It's just a good like thing to suffer in for two minutes. Yeah. Then you turn him over, and then he's in pain, and he lets go immediately. Yeah. That's all that happens. It's not a finishing move. But I like that he was dumb. That he, yeah. Dumb enough that he like went on his back and didn't notice that mm-hmm. Curtis Axel got the pin. And his legs are too tied up to stop Curtis Axel from getting the pin. Yeah, like he tried for it. But didn't get it. And I love that. Mm-hmm. I'm not totally convinced that Curtis Axel slash whatever his actual real name is, is like a good enough solid wrestler to compete on his own in full length matches. Cause he hasn't really done that mm-hmm. that much, but I love that he won the title that he won it that way, that he won it on father's day. Mm-hmm. That was really touching when they pointed that out. And that, cause the, the Henning is, uh, or Mr. Perfect yeah. is one of the top, Intercontinental champions there ever was. Yeah. Like he, he was definitely he, his run with it when his his match with Brett was mm-hmm. with Bret Hart was amazing, and Kurt Henning was just a great wrestler who could bump like crazy. Like yeah. he would take just a punch and he would spin <laughs> like it, like he would spin three hundred sixty degrees and then hit on his back and then pop his legs up. Yeah. It was just. Uh, it was so good, but it was, <laughs> and so it was. It was also great seeing Hennig do the perfect plex. Yeah, they yeah, the crowd went crazy for that. Like the first time, mm-hmm. like because it was a very marky yeah. crowd. Like, yeah. yeah, and that was the first time they really like let it show. Uh huh. So him with the belt, I hope he gets a nice. It it takes. 
I hope this takes it out of the Miz Wade bullshit that it's been in for so long. Yeah. And instead, like... Where the title holder is, like, barely treated as anything yeah. respectful. And so instead, they'll use this to elevate Axel, and he'll get to have a good little run with the icy mm-hmm. belt. As uh, and he gets to, and, a, and a bad guy still has it, too, which I think will be more entertaining. Though, yep. Dean Ambrose says a U.S. title, the other mid-card one. And he's, so. he's defending it well, and we'll get to that a little bit later. Uh, but the next match on the card was AJ versus Caitlin. Beautiful. Perfect. I called my P-break. dad for Father's Day. I did too. I left a message. <laughs> I have not been called back yet. I called my dad this morning. So. He didn't, get, he didn't answer? I, he's in his 60s. <laughs> okay. I, I wouldn't expect him to you know, be around East Coast. Home. East Coast. Yeah. And, well, that too. But it well, was... so I like AJ. Yeah. Most Diva matches are so. Like, they that don't was. Have... A good diva. It was match. a better diva match. Yeah, yeah. they because they, they were allowed to wrestle like it wasn't five minutes that ends with the first finisher. Yeah, you know they it actually had like some psychology to it, and uh, you know Caitlyn. There was actually a story of Caitlyn taking things too seriously yep. and blowing a win when she had it. And uh, yeah, so it was it was better, but Caitlyn's just not. Eh. <laughs> Just really not a fan of Caitlyn. I enjoyed that match. Uh, granted, I missed the first three minutes of it yes. calling my dad, but... I liked yeah. that when Chris came in, he pointed out that <laughs> Biggie Langstrom at first, he thought he had, like, giant boobs and was a woman. <laughs> uh, also, in that match, it's some of the weirdest commentary where Jerry Lawler said that he thinks that all women secretly hate each other. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. And then he... But then I think to cover himself or maybe... Some like some politically correct-minded person in the back was like, "That sounded really misogynist." <laughs> like then Jerry Lawler says, "Well, they all start talking about women and not understanding them." And then yeah. JBL says, "I've been married a couple times. I, I'm saying I understand women." So and I'm then, an authority here. <laughs> and then Jerry Lawler says, "He's he says, hey, I've had three weddings and no anniversaries." <laughs> I don't, I don't know women at all. <laughs> I'm not a role model. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it was it was nice, and it was at least another exciting title change. Yeah. For what I thought was setting up to be, oh, she's with Dolph. Her and him will have titles together. Yeah, It'll surprising. be a cool team. Um, we're one match away from that. So before that was Dean Ambrose versus Kane. Really wish that was Dean Ambrose versus da- David Daniel, Daniel Bryan. Bryan. Daniel Bryan is a really good tag wrestler, mm-hmm. but he really shines in singles. And it's just been yeah. sad that he's been kind of out of the single scene for a while. I have not seen him while. do a one-on-one thing ever in these pay-per-views. Yeah. He's, I, he's been, been off for a long time. Well, like, yeah, the last time was SummerSlam, I believe. When yeah, when him and Kane yeah. wrestled really? in a match that before it started, I was like, oh, this sucks. Now, like, why I don't is that? Does this. he need something to play off of? Uh, well, him and Kane had a pretty good run as Team Hell No. Like, yeah. They were a really good comedy team, and they got to keep the belts for a while. So, yeah, they won the titles in September 2012, the month after that we saw they SummerSlam. wrestle at SummerSlam against yeah. each other. So, yeah, so after that, they, then they had eight or nine months as tag team champions mm-hmm. and then doing that just therapy lo- thing which was funny yeah and then they <laughs> lost it last month and then this month was the whole uh breakup angle Aww. yeah it's funny yeah the first half of that was kane losing but it was a, a weird match because for one thing i thought the crowd was surprisingly hot after the the divas championship match i think that the 
like they were mm. actually a little bit deflated because that match started slow after the Divas match, which I think worked out well than yeah. I think WWE expected. Well, it didn't have that TNA aspect where the crowd is cheering, this is awesome. Yeah, I, I, I don't think they actually chanted that, but they like it was still that level of like... Oh, it was? I heard that in the CM Punk match. That yeah. was the yes. only time, I heard, the only time I heard it. But I, like, I felt like, surprisingly, um, this match with Dean Ambrose in it, is not quite as exciting as the end of the Divas match. Well, but, it's because... I think it's because he's not... Dean isn't used to wrestling a big, slow guy. Yeah. And he's he's used to being against, you know, similarly weighted wonderkings of yeah. the indie scene who who are like, yeah, we're going to... I can wrestle 60 minutes if you want. You want to yeah. wrestle 60 minutes? Yeah, you know. So he's he's used to that. But I, did, I he still did a good job, like... You love this guy. Well, what I like about him is similar to what I like about CM Punk is that he gets so much acting in his face. Yeah. Like his face mm-hmm. does so much. Very true. And he's also the best on the mic of the group. I'm going to argue against that. Like, <gasps> the one what? thing, like, Dean Ambrose is so much different than anyone really in WWE or any wrestling organization that I've seen and that he overacts. It's almost like <laughs> it's very hard to overact in wrestling, but but he does it. Like he just like he emotes too much. Mm-hmm. It's almost, and this might be a bit gross, but it's right. it's like in porn when uh, yeah oh oh yeah yeah like almost oh, yeah. Henry, look at my face. Oh, I get you. I get ah, you. <laughs> And it happens. It happens on on both sides of the the gender coin. Like everyone geez. overreacts. Yes, yeah. yeah, and I'm just like, you're taking me out of this match right now. <laughs> I'm focusing too much about how you're overreacting to how much pain you're in. Uh-huh. Like nobody should be acting that way. You're acting that way right now. I see. Yeah, I felt that in the other situation too. Just like then I start yeah. thinking about the actor like. That's a weird choice. Why would you feel that much? Like, yeah. Come on. This doesn't seem. Yeah. And I dare you feel that much. And then the whole match ends with a count out, which was cool because it, it shows how like opportunistic the yeah, shield is. But it's also. I accept yeah. that if it's used sparingly, I accept that as a good heel win. Because the heel just gets to outsmart or, mm-hmm. or trick the guy, injure him enough to get the 10 count. And then they just stand celebratorily yeah. uh, instead of like they no one should take a ten count and be happy about it. So to see them do it, they're like, oh, th- that's how evil they are. Yeah, it's cool. Part of me watches every WWE pay per view, thinking, all right, how are they going to milk this one match into another rematch? And with him, it's almost obvious. It's like, oh yeah, he won by count out, so next month they'll have a decisive finish. A last man standing match or yeah. some some sort of gimmick. Yeah. All right. The next match was, I didn't expect it to be one of my favorites, but it was. It was uh, Alberto Del Rio versus Dolph Ziggler. Well, that had a it really was, interesting turn. It was a weird match. Yes. So a little over a month ago, mm-hmm. Dolph Ziggler had what seemingly was a legit concussion. I think it was. Yeah, and, and he didn't. The only reason I wouldn't say it's legit is because you did call his Twitter profile into it. Oh yeah, like yeah, yeah. Last cheap podcast, I brought up how he he tweeted like a guy who had a legit concussion, <laughs> and but the fact that he was off WWE TV for like a month, mm-hmm. 
like I, I, I don't Let's think that highlights. I don't think they would have done that if he was not if he did not actually have an injury. Yeah. And they probably he probably had like a, a minor concussion that they just like really played into. But that match like almost got un- uncomfortable with how often they he kept getting hit in the head. Yeah, and it's like, like and you can only fake a kick to the head so much. Yeah, <laughs> you can't you can't fake a half dozen uh, kicks to the head like he did during or that a match. baseball slide to the back of the head. Yeah, like, yeah. well, and just how it was booked, like Dario was the good guy going into the match, yeah. and if they were going to turn Dolph, they wouldn't have made AJ so evil. I but she like. wasn't during that match. Like no, she was very caring during that. They match, they ejected uh, Biggie Langston at the mm. beginning of the match, and then yeah, it was just her being concerned. Like she actually got at a point was like stop, like just stop the match. And I I really liked that ending. It, it, <laughs> it was, it, really it cool. was like I think that the WWE knew where they were having this pay per view and planned for a double turn because at the end of the match it was. She, Alberto Del Rio being like he was a sadistic. dick, the yeah. biggest shithead of all time. Yeah, the ref is looking into his eyes like, "Are you? Can you go on? Can you go on? I can go on. I'm gone. Yeah. Smack, like <laughs> flew in like a like a nasty Robin yeah. Hood and kicked him in the back. Yeah, of the, the baseball kick to the head, and then a couple like in the ring, and then I love that the WWE has this kind of code for the wrestler being too feeble to continue. Mm. So it happened with Ric Flair mm. in his retirement match, and then with Shawn Michaels in his retirement match, and then Dolph Ziggler pulled it out where he's, like, st- staggering to stand up, mm-hmm. and he's got, like, the old-school, like, boxer. Dukes. Yeah. So he, like, Dolph Ziggler did that. He had his fists up, like, at his face, just like, I'm very feeble but i have this very basic instinct yes. to defend myself mm. and that's when he was finished by <laughs> it made Dolph Hillary. seem very pitiable and mm. yeah and it is somebody you root for maybe at least well did he kick the guy in like the injured knee was that him he used he, you know, yeah. alberto like a good bad guy he used alberto's mm. injury to beat him for the title yeah I'm just saying don't feel and so it, bad and it just made me bad, sad that ziggler loses in his i think his first title defense yeah you know? I mean, he had a a lengthy reign, but it was because he had a month and a half where he didn't <laughs> defend it. It wasn't a great title reign, but it if it works to make him a face down the line, then he seems like cool. a face. Uh, he you guys keep calling him a heel. He looks like a dick. Yeah, but so does everybody else. Not fucking ring. Yeah, and then they like they immediately followed up that match with Alberto Del Rio yeah. coming back out and like accentuating. By the way, I just turned bad in this last match, so you should all like pay attention. To I that. hope like, you guys get you're supposed to be booing. Well, hold me. on again. As the uh, taking the outsider's perspective, you said, "Is he turning heel?" You don't normally turn heel during a pay per view. It, it happened. It's it, like the the only other time it's really been done. Well, there's twice. The, the well, he first, didn't. He, you guys were pretty sure he did it. Yeah, but he'll probably he, really solidify it when the world is watching tomorrow night no yeah i mean that they do that a lot in mm-hmm. wwe they'll mm-hmm. make sure if something cool happens on smackdown or pay-per-view they'll make sure to redo it on raw because that's when the most people are watching mm-hmm. so they'll probably redo like alberto Rio pointing out like i won the match are you all not happy for me mm-hmm. i want his manservant to go goth so bad yeah it's weird that he is turning back to evil so relatively soon i guess really he has been a good guy for it was like six months yeah something. it was like right before christmas I, I hope he doesn't change his theme song though it's really fun <laughs> yeah 
That was it. Was a downer that see Dolph lose. I hope he just comes back. But yeah. it, it kind of reminded me of how they gave a belt to Zack Ryder and then pussified him immediately. I, I think they have something bigger in mind, and that 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 that, that ties into the fact that the next month's pay per view is Money in the Bank, and the fact that they also advertise Rob Van Dam returning. That was amazing. Yeah. That, was, that was a great piece they put together for him. That yeah. was like a trailer for a video game. Yeah, we thought, we thought well, they're plugging a DVD that comes out on Monday. Like, yeah. no, that was the trailer for A Man's Return. Yeah. That's and pretty I mean, ridiculous. It was so out of place in the middle of a pay-per-view because I think, yeah, I think it was before the Alberto Del Rio versus Dolph Ziggler match because they started chanting yeah. RVD during this title match. They should have taken a cue from game publishers at e3 where it's like oh and one last thing mm-hmm. Bam. yeah like that's what should have capped off the pay-per-view yeah you're right yeah yeah that would have been better somewhere it's... where somebody would have introduced it as a piece like yeah we're acknowledging it just looked like a commercial <laughs> coming from the, like the one about the uh rednecks yeah. and like i wasn't even sure when that was airing like are the people at the arena seeing this like yeah this is awesome <laughs> And then they, of course, there was an ovation right afterwards. It was okay. Yeah, it was well. It was so weird to me that that was news instead of just like going, have him come out and be yeah. like, "I'm Rob Van Dam yeah. back," or or having Jericho say, "I'm gonna fight whoever wants to come out here and face me." And then you hear one of a kind start up. Yeah, <laughs> but it's great to see that he's coming back home. As it, well, not really. Yeah. ECW was his home, but it's There's nice a lot of ECW back. clips in there though. It was pretty clear. Well, they own him. Yeah, I know. I know. Just weird. All right, well, speaking of legit returns, oh. the next match was CM Punk versus Chris Jericho. That was great. It started what, slow, but I, it, it came it out to a great match. It way slow, though. Yeah. I was like, you see, this is everything I said about TNA last time. These guys aren't trying. <laughs> yeah. I took a risk, and I went to the bathroom at the beginning of that match. Didn't feel like I missed that much. You didn't. But, yeah, the last 10 minutes or so of that match mm. were probably some of the best wrestling I've seen I, this year. My, the, I should have saved this for later, but my biggest... The reason why I was most perturbed because Henry was doing more commentating oh, yeah. than all three commentators <laughs> combined. They were getting quiet a lot, yeah. Well, I just, I've never seen them that quiet. Like your, your only job is to sit there and talk and tell us what's happening on yeah. screen, and you had to do that. You were just doing that. It was a weird match booked, too, because Punk was the ba- is still bad. He, didn't yeah. be, he was actually really bad when he left. I'm trying to but he had left in a way that he'd been humbled and he could come back as a good guy, but mm-hmm. he was still firmly friendly with, with Heyman. Yep. And so, but the, the crowd was cheering this shit out of him because he's Chicago yep. and they're Chicago. So he was just going to be a good guy. So he barely even cheated. Like, no, like it, that you could have thought he was a good guy the whole match and you'd be right. You know, mm-hmm. my favorite part in it was when he was in his, Second line tamer, and it was seemed certain he was going to submit, and yeah. so everyone in the audience was going crazy, like don't don't tap, don't <laughs> tap, or what was it? Please don't tap. Something like that, yeah, yeah. And so, and I was also screaming that, like I did mm-hmm. not want him to tap, but like to have him tap out yeah. in his hometown, like that's you don't want to think that'll happen, but uh, but Vince is so cruel that if he wanted to, he would. Yeah, I mean that's. Part of, like, I don't commend WWE often for doing this, but, like, they punish the people that the internet loves enough that (laughs) you would believe that they would make CM Punk lose in Chicago. In his first match back. Yeah, in his first match back. They would 
justify it by saying, oh, yeah, well, maybe he'll win a rematch down the line. But, like, no, you got to make him win in Chicago. And he did. But, yeah, that match, I didn't, I never thought it was a predictable end. Like, that's why I didn't quite get into his Undertaker match at WrestleMania. There were one or two mm. points where I was like, oh, wait, well, maybe he could sneak out a really cheap victory here. But really, yeah. no, there's no. You don't get Point to break the you it. don't get to break the streak with a count out or a disqualification. Yeah, like, but that never is going to happen. I believed that he could have lost to Chris Jericho at one point during that match. Oh yeah, awesome match, and I hope he goes with the um, the Wolverine haircut for a few more <laughs> months. Dude, that was great. Yeah. I wonder if he's still going to just take off another month or so. Like they were just in Chicago, they could not do it without yeah. him, but. He, well, look, he looks really tired. The rumor is he has one year exactly left on his contract. Huh. And he's also said in interviews that I've read that like he said his return angle, like his return storyline, is amazing. So huh. I'm hopeful that... He said that? Yeah. Uh, you just go out and say that? I'm yeah. coming back. I think CM, CM Punk's one of the few that can get away with it. Mm. Like if he That's says, true. If he says my return has a really cool story behind it, then you believe it, and you're also super looking forward to it. But then we and definitely he, didn't see that tonight. There's, there's no story implications. He's got a new haircut. Oh, that is true. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> it's, uh, mm. All right, the, the next match, and I hate to say that it's um, kind of forgettable, what? was the Tag Team Championship match. Oh, I forgot it. Yeah. <laughs> you're going to have to recap it for me. Well, it was the Shield versus Daniel Bryan. And Randy Orton. And Daniel Bryan did a great job, and I, there was some great mm. spots. But, like, yeah, it was just kind of forgettable. It was, like, another match where the Shield won, and it wasn't a another crazy one ending. where the quality is just, like, you can't count on Orton for quality. I, the, the audience was more behind him than they have yeah. in a while, but... But that's super That was only by proxy. Uh, but he like that. It was uh, well. I guess I was sad. But I was surprised Daniel Bryan did get the. He was the one pinned there too. Oh, I did like the ending. Like the I. I never. I haven't seen Seth Rollins do his finisher in a mm. way that looked cool. Like he he did it. It did look painful. Yeah. So I think he did it at maybe like WrestleMania or something else where he did that off the top rope and it was literally he like touched somebody's head Mm. with his foot while he was like on somebody else's shoulder. So it was like he tapped (laughs) his head and then the guy fell to the ground. But this was Seth Rollins with Daniel Bryan like on his knees or something very close to the canvas Mm. and Seth Rollins literally pushed his head down with his foot. On the back of its neck. Yeah, so it looked awesome in that regard. Yeah. That's really the, the best praise I can put towards that match. It was, I forgot. It was kind of a predictable end, the, like the second it started. But it was neat to see him team up anyway. Like yeah. To, again, get, Am, uh, get give Daniel Bryan something to do. Yeah, and I think, I mean, that probably leads to the next pay-per-view being <gasps> Daniel Bryan versus Randy Orton. And maybe Randy Orton will lose for once. Does he not lose? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Randy Orton rarely loses, and mm-hmm. he's like the Cena, Sheamus type, where it's like well, he's the third Marine. Yeah, <laughs> can't beat the third. Sheamus doesn't even have a movie; he still wins. <laughs> yeah, uh, but yeah, it's like there has to be a very good reason for this man to lose because he's a. Uh, we have him on too many T-shirts, so we'll hopefully, see a remake of even local though he constantly gets in the the doghouse. Yeah, he's had too many. Um, and and Orton steroids. was the face of this pay per view. <laughs> All right. Eh. That's true. 
Well, it just seems a little odd considering where he was placed. The face of a no-name pay-per-view. <laughs> Ooh, Henry. Uh, Ooh, Henry. That's the new candy bar. But it's been good. <laughs> the show is good so far, but I wasn't sure if Cena would screw it all up. And I don't yeah. think he did. No, he didn't. Yeah. I, don't know. I don't know why you guys are so down on Cena. I know that's a cool thing to do. He has to win. Like, that's the that's Still, the, the dude works fucking hard. Like, he gets tossed around, tapes, takes his lumps, as far as I can tell, as much as anybody else. He's not dependable. Like, you can't count on him being the, the guy who carries the match. Like, he had WrestleMania match against mm-hmm. The Rock. Not that great. Last no. month's match against Ryback, also not that great. Like, you can't count on him being the guy who holds the load. Like, he doesn't carry the load during Man, the match. Man, that dive he took off the stage, though. Granted, there was like 20 was men beautiful. underneath him. I felt like it's he had still, something to prove at this pay-per-view where he was... Yeah. Like, this was the um, so was, three stages of hell match, yes. which is a really interesting match type. I think the first one I can recall was... Triple H and Shawn Michaels, mm, I think. Yeah. It was like the blow-off to their feud. But, it's yeah, it's three different things back then. Like, I think one of them was Hell in the Cell. It was a tables match, a ladder match, and Hell in the Cell. Yeah, which is, like, way more escalating stakes. This was... The first one was a lumberjack match. Mm, which, which they got a lot of miles out of. Yeah, it was kind of cool also seeing, like, wrestlers that have nothing to do for most yes. of the weeks of the year. <laughs> Come they out and do a Care Bear stare. Exactly. Like, <laughs> oh, what, what what is... um. Alex Riley doing there. What is Ted DiBiase Jr. doing out hey, there? Hey, they like, all got a plane ticket to Chicago. Yeah. I like to think they're all in some hotel drinking right now. They, they got the $800 Probably. bonus for appearing on the pay-per-view or something. Like. Yeah. So they... And the Lumberjack had a neat uh, psychology to it where the good guys were like, hey, we want, we're not touching anybody. And the bad guys were like, we're going to beat up Cena. We'll leave yeah. Ryback alone. And then Ryback like shoves one of the bad guys. And like, well, fuck you then, Ryback. And they beat him up too. <laughs> I missed that spot. And then Cena jumps off the top rope successfully, yes. like which you rarely see from Cena. Yeah, well. Well, he, he does do that. Leg he'll drop, do the but. jump out of the ring when he's guaranteed a support base of like 15 20, dudes yeah, to so, catch him. Then Ryback got him with one finisher, which was pretty big. Uh, Big loss for Cena. Yeah, but it was also like they got to get this thing going. Like that's what Ted uh, kept saying. This at, has to end at eight. At that point, it was it was uh, eight forty, or it was twenty minutes until like yeah. they will shut the feed off. Right, right. So then I was like, they got to finish the next one fast, and then yeah. So the next match was a table match, and that went by relatively quickly. And it was your usual table match, yeah. kind of. Like, I thought they did have some cool I spots. Love that one move where he picked up Ryback, and Ryback just. Flip the table yeah. over while being suspended. Just to in make the air. sure it wouldn't break. <laughs> yeah, it's not going to break. I did yeah. like the two. He broke two tables with just his sheer strength of throwing uh, the, uh, uh, the steel stairs steps. at him. Yeah. yeah, that was cool. So yeah, then Cena won that, and then they. I think they got the go home like notice at that point. They're like, just make your way over to the fucking ambulance. Get to that ambulance. Because man, now. they did not waste any time getting over there. He hoisted yeah. Cena up and just walked him over there like yeah. a child with a broken mm-hmm. leg. And then they pulled out about thirty-five crutches, <laughs> which is like way too many for an ambulance. Like it was it was like an Oliver Twist musical. I don't think that's anything an ambulance needs. Like that is a thing that someone is yeah. given after they have months of physical you therapy. You show up in an ambulance and that many people need crutches, you have way yeah, like, bigger problems. They tore it apart, too. They tore yeah. apart the ambulance. It was, I mean, it was a prop ambulance. We know they weren't really tearing off a door. I could only verify having been in a Chicago ambulance recently. <laughs> they didn't really punch through a window yeah. or rip off the fenders, but and that was a good. Yeah, was, the, the thing that really convinced me this was a gimmick ambulance is that Ryback was able to pull the front lights off of the ambulance 
and it there's a plug attached to it. Like, what are you have to plug in the <laughs> like top lights on the going ambulance? inside the car door? <laughs> yeah, but the hey, but it drove out of there. Yeah, they did. They did cool moves though. They definitely like they they planned around it. The, both of them were wrestling at the height of their abilities. I yeah. Think. So yeah, like uh, and Ryback's and, getting slammed in the side and then mm-hmm. charging through that driver's side door. And Cena got some good acting moments in of like when they were on top of the ambulance. Cena makes the face of like, "Ooh, should I, huh, guys?" <laughs> and then he does the AA. Ascending uh, right back through the top of the ambulance. Mm-hmm. Then he takes one second and then just like celebrates with his big three finger salutes in the air. And mm-hmm. he's just so excited. It was a really cool, like, definitive win for him. Yeah. And again, me looking at like, well, how can they stretch this out into another match? The fact that Cena beat Ryback. By throwing him into the ambulance, but not through the doors, which is I I feel like if that's the official rule that they have to adhere by, and mm-hmm. the fact that he didn't throw him through the door, I feel like is like a look. The thing drove off. They could have called yeah. it then and there. The bell rang. The the, the referees were. I fired. saw it. Well, hey, if you want to get into technicalities, <laughs> I feel like Cena was down for the ten count at the last pay per view, whereas Ryback stood up. Yeah, that's Remember true. That? Yeah. yeah. Eh. That's a dumb ending. Yeah. Overall, I think Payback, even though it was like not hyped all that well, it ended up being better than Extreme Rules, I'd say. I agree. Maybe better than the last TNA pay-per-view, but... What? Maybe. Can't beat that. I want only TNA pay-per-views mm-hmm. in this house. They do it like once a year? Four times a year. Uh, mm-hmm. Good enough for me. So it makes it more special when they happen. All right, so we'll be right back with some payback inspired Ooh. videos after this break see you in a minute Hey, this is Dave Rutten, host of the Cheap Podcast, and this is the break segment, and it's probably got a little bit more ambient noise than usual. I apologize for that. I'm recording it while walking to get lunch, and to that extent, I may become a little bit winded over the course of this. Yeah, I just wanted to say that I've finally done it. After 10 episodes, after more than a half year, I've finally figured out the perfect way to program the Cheap Popcast. Um, I've always been, you know, on the fence whether I should do it before a pay-per-view because that'll get the chatter going amongst who's going to win what match. Then that sometimes. Uh, Then there's the normal way we usually do it, which is doing the reaction to the pay-per-view, which is nice, but a lot of the times the stuff we say will have already been acted upon on the next night's Raw, but before I'm able to post the episode because... Hey, I edit this in my free time. But I finally figured it out. Before pay-per-views, we'll have a, a new form of programming. Maybe not, maybe not an episode, but something. You'll see. Before the next pay-per-view. Not this one, unfortunately. But I figured the middle segment is the perfect opportunity for myself to just quickly go over 
what happened on Raw and my reactions to it. And, uh, yeah, this was a good one to start with because a lot happened and there were more returns. Uh, one that I was pleasantly surprised to see was uh, Christian coming back. I know he's been off the DL for a while, and I'm glad they're finally getting him back into things. A little saddened that he probably will never be put into a main event program again, but hey, if he's going to put on some good matches like he did with Wade Barrett, totally cool with that. The other big thing was Brock Lesnar laying out CM Punk at the end of the episode, and I'm all for that. I think both guys can trade wins and losses, and neither will be taken down too far as a result. Um, and it's really a fresh thing for Brock Lesnar. He's getting tired of his uh, best-of-three series with Triple H. And, you know, Cena was Cena. Cena could fight Satan himself, and it wouldn't be a fresh match. I like the idea. I like Heyman's potential involvement in it, as long as they keep Curtis Axel out of it. It's already shaping up to be a pretty interesting next pay-per-view with Money in the Bank. Mark Henry versus Cena. Could be good from a, a storyline perspective. You know, this is really Henry's last chance at capturing the... Uh, well, he captured the World Heavyweight, but capturing one more title. And Daniel Bryan versus Randy Orton. Can't say that Orton's one of my favorites, but if he's willing to put Daniel Bryan over and... The chatter between Daniel Bryan and Kane suggested that, you know, they might be headed towards a, a world title feud. If that elevates Bryan, totally foreseen more of that. But, yeah, the one thing that kind of didn't sit well with me at Raw was the constant involvement of the McMahons, which never really makes for good TV. And in this case, it was really weird because it was really just an opportunity for, for Vince and Stephanie and Triple H to air their grievances about the way that they're making the product to characters who are the on-screen characters who make the product, but what, really it's just them complaining about their own decisions. Like Triple H talking about how Christian was medically cleared when he was probably the guy who could have who could have rubber-stamped Christian returning last month. The really awkward scene of Stephanie McMahon confronting AJ about being a bad role model when she's the person behind creative, when she's the one who decides uh, a character's plotline. Very weird stuff. Anywho, that's my thoughts on Raw. Uh, let's get to the plugs. You can, of course, donate to Laser Time. There's a link right on the front page, as well as a link to our store, where you can buy t-shirts for any Laser Time show. Cheap Popcast, Cake Crisis, Laser Time, VG Empire, and Video Game Apocalypse. And then you can also click on the Amazon links. Anything you click on this site, any, you know, there'll be a bunch of wrestling pay-per-views at the bottom of this page. I highly recommend WrestleMania. I was there. If wrestling's not your bag and you just want to support Laser Time, click on anything. And within that, within that visit, just buy something else. If you're looking to get an Xbox One or PS4, I'm guessing that'll kick a quite a few shekels back to Chris, so... Hey, whatever you can do to support us helps. Five-star reviews on iTunes and subscriptions always help. And it always keep me going. Comments keep me going. Thanks for listening. Back to the rest of the show.
And now back to Hulk Hogan's Rock and Wrestling. Sierra Hotel, India, Echo, Lima, Delta, Shield. Welcome back to the second half of Cheap Popcast number 11. Uh, we're making a return just like a couple, well, actually just CM Punk made a return during WWE Payback, but we've also got a return promised for <laughs> WWE Money in the Bank next month in the form of Rob Van Dam. The whole effing show. Yeah, which is like, how are they going to do that? Like, they're going to just also, have... Mark Henry is uh, back on, in Raw. Uh, <laughs> tomorrow Night's <laughs> Raw. But yeah, does that mean that RVD isn't going to be even on Raw up to? Yeah, that, that's what surprises me. Like, we shouldn't speak too far ahead. When's this episode going up? Yeah, that's why <laughs> I, I even hesitated saying tomorrow night on Raw. But uh, the night after the night that we watched WWE Payback, Mark Henry was supposed to come back, but that's kind of meaningless because the last time he was on was probably a month ago. That got me to thinking about memorable WWE returns, and there's hmm. been there, there, there's been a few that kind of have been embedded in my brain and father uh, yes <laughs> batman, batman. Returns. superman returns ah yay <laughs> but <laughs> i didn't realize batman and superman return they love to return mm. yeah they return all the time with the green lantern stay tuned <laughs> yep making back ryan reynolds so no uh, michael clark talk <laughs> i mean back oh you what i'm a big fan we celebrated him so back in the day with early 80s, 90s WWE, mm-hmm. in my mind, there wasn't anywhere for, the, for for them to return from because I wasn't even that cognizant of WCW during like the late 80s, early 90s. And also, Vinnie Mac did not like recognizing WCW in any way yeah. other than Ric Flair was one of the rare exceptions where if they were a prominent WCW team, he's like, now I have to reintroduce you to the WWF yeah. crowd. So, like, the first major return I remember was at the very end of WrestleMania 8. So, main event was Hulk Hogan versus Sid oh, Justice. Yeah. A mm. terrible match I rewatched recently. Yeah. Which, where the ending was blown by, like, Hogan I'll, jumps. Yeah. I'm going to okay. play it, and then you can explain it. And, yeah, I think this is the only WrestleMania main event to end in a DQ. Pretty awful. So can you explain, like, Sid? Sid was, uh, well, first off, the setup for this match was totally wrong because yeah. Hogan was, uh, Hogan, Hogan was pretty much implying, I'm going to retire or this could be my last match. But he was mad at Sid because Sid threw him out of the Royal Rumble and then he cost Sid the yeah. Royal Rumble, which is just bullshit, like... Hogan had thrown out, he'd thrown out Warrior, he'd thrown out Savage, like he'd yeah. thrown out his best friends to win the Royal Rumble. But when his friend finally does, oh, it, he gets pissed off and screws Sid out of it. <laughs> so, but then Sid apparently is the one that turns evil in this situation yeah. and teams up with wussy Harvey Whippleman uh, and then gets a match against Hogan that could be his final match. Yeah. So they schedule the end of the match and Hogan drops the leg. Mm-hmm. And Sid is not supposed to kick out of the leg drop. No one kicks out of the leg drop. Except, like, 
I don't even think Warrior did it. At, uh, I think he dodged the like. Yeah, that, yeah, that's how six ended. Yeah, but so you know what? No, he did kick out of the leg drop. Then he dodged the second one. I think oh, okay. it was. But anyway, it was very very kick out of the leg drop, especially for bad guy. Sid does it because Papa Shango didn't come out on time. <laughs> he was yep. supposed to interrupt the match to set up a, a feud with Hogan. Yep. And he missed his mark. So here he is finally showing up after we discussed it. No, not that one, but still. So, like, the match ended with Harvey Whippleman interfering. So that was where a DQ happened, I guess. Uh Papa Shango, a.k.a. Kama, a.k.a. The Godfather, starts attacking. And, like... Watching this, like, unfold, I was genuinely surprised to see what happened next, which should happen in a matter of seconds, hopefully. (laughs) (laughs) Who had been out of action for, like, Probably, I think Survivor Series the previous year, maybe yeah. even longer, like way long layoffs. He was looking slightly shrunken down. Yeah, this is this is where I think the rumor began that the original Ultimate Warrior died, and that this was a replacement <laughs> Ultimate Warrior. And but it was still Jim Helwig. Yeah, and that continued up until the next memorable return, which was uh, the Ultimate Warrior again, mm. WrestleMania twelve. So four that years, was a fun one. Four years later. What year, what year does this place it at? Uh, 90, well, let's see. 90. I would say 95. Well, the first one was 85. I think it's put in 95, 96. So wait, 10 was 94. 11 mm. was 95. 12 was 96. So this is 1996. He's really, he's back after probably a little over three years away from the WWE. Mm-hmm. Facing a future multi-time champion triple h co-owner of wwe but at this point he was just hunter hearst helmsley the blue blood from greenwich village yeah so (laughs) i can pretty much play the entirety of the match here so starts out with triple h attacking him for the bell Warrior hasn't even taken his jacket off. His gaudy jacket. Jesus. Within two seconds, the Ultimate Warrior stands up. Completely no cells. Yeah. So this was. There's a bit of backstory in that um, uh, Triple H took part in the um, the goodbye for uh, Razor Ramon and, and Kevin Nash. The Manhattan incident. Yeah, or, yeah. no, Madison Square Garden. Yeah, the MSG incident. So they all hugged after Nash and Hall's last match, and at a live show, not a televised show. Yeah, but that that pissed off McMahon enough that he punished Triple H for a while, and this was part of because you couldn't punish Sean. Yeah. So. so part of his punishment was losing within two minutes to the Ultimate Warrior. Mm, and 
not just like losing that fast, but also they may like it's it's extra mean to go like, hey, you finish your can. It is nothing. Like, I think that was just uh, the Ultimate Warrior being a dick, and then. This is not 30 seconds later. And just like that, yeah, that's it. you know, I uh, the, I also like how um, this has been pointed out on the OSW review I just watched for mm-hmm. SummerSlam '92. The way Vince announces is yeah, like it's not his real voice. Now, when you get to know Vince's real voice, the that extra like boomy breathiness, of like oh, so he's getting running. It's the real. Vince says, oh, it's the yeah. welcome to SummerSlam. <laughs> you think that's his real voice? It's closer. It is. It only from I, I watched Beyond the Mat in like the last six months and show me what you can do, Puke. Is he gonna puke? He's got yeah. Then when he's doing that scene, he ramps up the Vince yeah. voice there too. <laughs> so that was to combat the WCW defections, which were also pretty memorable returns, sort of for me. So I'm going to play two that came from one of the most memorable nights in WCW return history, which was the very first episode of Nitro. Oh, ho. so the first one is the guy who's formerly known as IRS, who jumped to WCW to be called Michael Wall Street. I think that was his name before he went to WWE. Yeah. But anyway, and I'll tell you what, Steve McMichael, what a way to make your debut here, man. I was wonderful. I thought I was going to get me a little action in. And by the way, where did you go? Well, I'm. I'm not one to get involved. I try to stay impartial. All right, let's take a look at another new athlete making his way to WCW. That's almost like an E3, like, (laughs) here's another exclusive coming to our system. (laughs) In the past, people have talked and talked and talked about the new generation. But in Mr. Wall Street's estimation, the new generation is nothing more than the few generation. And that is why I'm here in WCW. All right, enough of him. Uh, so the other major debut that night was Lex Luger. Pretty big deal. Wow. Which was pretty major. And so, the last time anyone would care about Lex It was Luger. literally the night after he was on a WWE pay-per-view. Mm-hmm. WWF at the time pay-per-view. It's pretty big deal when you can time something like that. All right. So this video, it starts a little bit, uh, it starts kind of interrupted. So mm-hmm. just pretend he said, I'm tired. Tired of I'm here to get on with the big boys, and that means you. And I don't care whether it's next month, next year, or five oh, years from now. Oh, I'm gonna get oh, my God. shot. You see this, brother? This is the WCW Heavyweight Title, brother. I'm the champion, and that's the way it's gonna stay forever and a day. I know where you've been, brother. You've been playing games. I'm gonna have to give you your due, brother. I know when you started and how long you've been at it, brother. But when you come in the WCW, when you get in Hulk Hogan's face, brother, there's mm. thousands of Hulkamaniacs, brother, that are gonna stand behind me each and every bit of the way, Luger. So as far as I'm concerned, brother, as great as you may be, you don't have to prove nothing to me, brother. You don't have to wait till next week. Brother. You don't have to wait. 
Yeah, he's really overdoing, overdoing with the brothers. Brother. Stick that stinky palm ears out, brother. Mm. Shake my hand, and I'll put the WCW title on the line next Monday on Monday Nitro right in Miami. I'll put the title. The you WCW. should get it. Hey, you got to kill like you. What about that? I'm in the home run. Ladies and gentlemen, I can't believe it. Apparently, <laughs> yeah, I can't either. All right. <laughs> I don't. I, I'm pretty sure that uh, Lex Luger didn't win the title that week. Yeah, he did. He did. It was one of the short-lived title wins, though. <laughs> All right. Uh, so, like, yeah. So this was the era where people jump ship, and the other one that really stuck out to me was. Jeff Jarrett, who pretty much jumped both sides multiple times. Pretty big. That was also the height of his career. He was yep. he was given the women beater angle in WWF. So back this was that, back when there was such a thing or a genre. Kind of. Well, he was just they, the the ultimate plan was him to have a big big match with China. Ain't it? And the, for the IC title and to build up to that. He was just like, women don't belong in wrestling at all. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna beat them, and so, so he was taking on the, that was when he was wrestling under the moniker of Bill Doltry. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so then he, uh, Hank, Hank, women don't belong in wrestling. <laughs> yeah, That's good. And then, then he uh, finished that with a match against China, which he lost. Yeah. Uh, and then the very next night, he was on Nitro. Yeah. Well, this is actually a precursor to. Uh, him when he re-debuted on Raw, which I thought was memorable. All right. But dead. But dead. Since I refuse to accept Eric Bischoff's offer and huh. re-sign with WCW, he did everything within his power to bury me. Being the coward that he is, he even hid behind his computer and announced to the whole world that he had pulled the offer off the table. His whole computer? Well, Eric, the only thing that you ever pulled from Jeff Jarrett was opportunity. Since I wasn't one of your boys, you put a lid on my potential. I was only going to go as far as you wanted me to. There was never, ever any ladder of success for me to climb. All right, enough of that. I just, uh, he's such a boring guy. It was a good, it was, that's one of his better speeches, like in talking about the Bischoff deals Mm -hmm. that were going on back then. But it was still just, he was, uh, at least he wasn't using his term slap nuts. I really hate that. I don't want to be accused of putting words into Jeff Jarrett's mouth. (laughs) No one does. There was, it was either that return or his return to WCW where he actually, like, he had the fans in the palm of his hands, and then he said something like, they put me in the ring with a colored person, and I'm like, wow, like, you are so ingrained with Southern wrestling that you just busted that that term out. So so that moves towards modern day uh, returns, which they have to almost be kind of subversive. So we had the the CM Punk return, and uh, that kind of recalled last year's return of Chris Jericho. So he had two sh- straight weeks of saying absolutely nothing. His date, his return was him standing in front of a crowd for 10 minutes, playing to them, but eventually getting to the point where everyone watching turned on him. He said, huh. yeah. said not a, a single word to the crowd, just like, 
was a mute trying to get their like support. Soak in his Lou Gehrig's moment. Or yeah. Lou Gehrig moment. Lou Gehrig's is a disease. Yeah. Well, and then he went to Royal Rumble, which many presumed he was going to win. Yeah, so here was his uh, first words back in the WWE. So after two weeks, at this point, he's shushing the crowd. Like, it's hard to get a WWE (laughs) crowd to completely shut up, but he's almost got them to this point. <laughs> wow. <clears throat> and I've muted this a bit, so it's gonna be the end of the world as you know it. And he just lost. <laughs> well he, came he was in, in there for a second. while. He came in second at the Rumble. Which is really It's an honor to be second in the Rumble. There's been some great guys. Yeah, but, but uh, second like Lex Luger. Yeah. <laughs> or uh Close what? only counts in horseshoes. And lemonade. Mm. It's beautiful, Dave. Yeah. You taste lemonade like yeah, it's pretty close. Is this yeah. a new cheap podcast so. T-shirt? We're I think so. <laughs> yeah. Well, that'll do it for this episode. I hope I'll return mm-hmm. after well a couple of weeks off mm-hmm. uh, has satisfied your cheap podcast needs. Mm-hmm. Thanks everyone for listening, for uh, subscribing on iTunes, for giving five stars. I believe you two guys have some uh, podcasts to promote. Well, I have Cape uh, Crisis, my comic book podcast, where uh, we just recently did a very, uh, all the three of us did a very harrowing recount of the Man of Steel film. Uh, you find out how I felt about it, and here's, if you're ready for spoilery discussion, come to this week's episode, episode number 55. Mm-hmm. And uh, Laser Time, which I don't know. Yes, <laughs> soon. Yay. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, we'll be back soon with uh, WWE Money in the Bank. I'm R- excited for that. RVD will be there. Yeah. We'll be there. <laughs> so you should be there too. Yes, indeed. <laughs> See some band damage. All right. Close so. it better. <laughs> for the Cheap Popcast, I am Dave Rudden, and this was the whole effing show.